0: Amen, amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, open them to John chapter 1, the Gospel of John chapter 1. Our world today is in serious shape. Our world today, in fact, it is in dire shape. Things we could not even imagine uh, not that many years ago, crazy things, wicked things, evil and vile things are now considered normal. More than that, they are celebrated and they are counted as good and right. Folks, it doesn't take a genius tonight to understand we are in trouble today. We are living in a dire age today. Do you know the world is looking for answers? Sometimes it may not seem like it. Sometimes we may not believe that. But in the midst of all of the chaos today, all of the division, all of the the hatred and the pain, all of the sin, the world is actually looking for answers. The world is hoping. Surely there's an answer. Surely this is not all there is to it. Surely there's hope. There's got to be hope. And the world is actually looking for an answer. 10 months ago, I was in my office and it was one of those days where you're covered up with bad news. You ever have a day like that? And you're just covered up in bad news and and the things you hear and the phone calls you get, it's all bad news and and you start to watch. I started to watch the the events around me, the rioting going on, the pandemic that we were in the middle of, the, the feeble, silly politicians trying to act like they had an answer for us and all the election stuff was going on and it was just blah, blah, blah and they were droning on with their feeble answers. And it was discouraging, so discouraging. And then what I'm about to tell you hit me that day. Now, I knew it, but it hit me that day, covered up in all of that bad news, it hit me that day, and here it is, and I want you to listen, and I want you to be very sure tonight, today we have hope. Today we have a future, today we have a reason, listen, to be filled with joy, not just enduring the days of life, but we have a reason to be filled with joy. And Friend, I want you to know tonight, that reason is we have a Savior risen from the dead, victorious, and his name is Jesus. Brothers and sisters, we need to take hold of that. We need to proclaim that good news. We need to be heralds of that good news. We have a Savior. We have hope today. We have peace today. And it is settled in the person of Jesus Christ. And so, starting tonight and for the next hundred days, I present to you the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is an effort called So Love the Good News of Jesus. In it over the course of these hundred days, we're going to pass through the entire gospel of John. Uh, we hope to do it in a hundred days. It may take longer. That's a joke. We went through Luke for seven years. But we're going to go verse by verse to the gospel, the good news of John. Tonight we start with the very first message. It is entitled The Word of Good News. The Word of Of good news. Tonight we're going to start with one verse, John chapter 1, verse 1. The word of good news. I'm going to ask if you would stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. John chapter 1, the first verse. God's word says this In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. I want to read that again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come tonight. We are thankful for you. We're thankful that tonight we have a hope that endures. We have peace that is settled. We have the forgiveness of sin. We have reconciliation with the Holy of God, all of it. Through our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Lord, I'm thankful for the good news that we did hear. I'm thankful for the good news that we do have. And I'm thankful for the opportunity to spread that good news. Lord, I pray as we begin tonight that you would prepare us as individuals. You would prepare our hearts and our minds to hear and to receive, to be instructed Lord, I pray for those that are hearing in some other means. I I pray for all the ways. We never know where this will go out. I pray that it's exactly pinpoint where you would have it be. I pray that it would bear fruit. I know that it will. Lord Jesus, I pray that in this message, in this hour, and in this effort, that you are known and that you are glorified. We tell you tonight, Lord Jesus, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. As we begin tonight, I want to be very honest with you. Where we start off tonight, here in these verses in the Gospel of John, is like trying to learn to swim by jumping in the deep end. It would be like trying to learn to drive by entering the Daytona 500, and it would be like trying to get a little sip out of a fire hose. This is a deep verse, it's in the midst of some even deeper verses. But I I want you to know, however, it is an awesome verse. Now, it is complex. We're going to see that. It is a deep verse. We're going to see that today and tomorrow. But it is a great verse. It is an awesome verse. And it is a verse that God wants us to have, wanted us to have, and wants us to be sure of. Now, I want you to hear that. I want you to think about that. This is a verse, a truth, an understanding that God wants us to have. He wants us to understand to get this verse. And so I'm going to go try and go slow, and I'm going to try and help us take the steps to get where we are going. Now, I can tell you tonight there is no hurry. We've got 99 more times to meet. But tonight we're going to begin the gospel of John. Actually, it's the gospel according to John. And let me start you off with a point of context. The gospel, the word gospel literally means the good message. That's literally what it translates, the good message. It literally means the good news. And so tonight we start the good news according to John. Now that's an important thing. That's a, a necessary thing to understand. It is the the good news according to the apostle John. Now it may be simple, but I want to go slow. And I want, I want to stop and pause. But I want us to see again tonight So soon after we begin, I want you to see this, there is good news. There is good news. We're going to start moving into the the good news according to John. And so understand what that means is there is good news. Now believer, we cannot fall into the trap of acting like that's been robbed away from us. I've seen that the last several years. We get down and we think, well, these things are bad we can't overcome this. And look at our church and look at our town and look at the situation of the world. And we start to look like the world and act like the world, acting like our good news has been robbed away from us. Well, listen, we're going to move into the good news according to John. And so what that means is there is good news. There's good news. Let me just tell you right now, it's okay to smile. Some of you, you can smile tonight. So here is the good news according to the Apostle John. Now John was the beloved disciple. He was one of Jesus' closest companions. He was a dear friend of our Lord. Uh, we, we know in his account that he is called by Jesus. Uh, he travels with Jesus. Therefore, he would know him intimately. He traveled several years with Jesus. He actually saw his life lived out. He was witness to the many miracles that he did. He heard all the teachings. He traveled, and he was an intimate witness to the life of Jesus. Now, more than that, he was also an eyewitness to the death and the burial and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. Now that's a big thing. He is a, an eyewitness. He saw the crucifixion. He heard the events of the crucifixion. He was there when they found the tomb empty. It wasn't secondhand. He was a witness to the death and the burial and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. Well, since those early days, he has followed Paul at the church that Paul started in Ephesus. And most likely at the time of his writing this, he is the pastor there of that great church in Ephesus. Most likely the gospel of John comes to us out of the city, out of the church of Ephesus. Now, let me help us understand tonight why he writes. Why does he write this account of the good news? Understand this, in the years after the ascension of Jesus, After the rapid spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ, after the start and the spread of the church of Jesus Christ, as the years have passed, as the years have moved by, there are starting to be deviations in the account of Jesus. There are starting to be distortions to the good news of Jesus. And I don't know, some are trying to hold things back. Many are trying to add Things to it, but as time has traveled on, there are deviations, there are distortions to the good news of the gospel of Jesus. Actually, the truth of Jesus himself is actually being changed. Well, now, some 20 to 30 years after the events that he had witnessed, the Apostle John writes, making clear the truth of Jesus. That's what he's doing here. He is making certain, he is making sure the good news of Jesus. Now, that is why he is writing. He wants us to be confident in the story, the account, the good news of Jesus. He wants us to be confident, certain in the identity of Jesus so that we might trust and believe in Jesus. And so he writes to tell us this is the good news of Jesus. This is the truthful identity of Jesus that we might believe and trust in Jesus. Now let's begin to look at our verse tonight. It is just one verse. We're not even going to get all the way through this verse. We'll pick up again in the morning. But let us look at our verse tonight. In the beginning was the Word, And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now notice here, the verse starts, John starts here, in the beginning. Those are the words that he chooses to start. Here's the account, uh, the truth of Jesus, and it begins in the beginning. Now there is a tie back to Genesis. There's a tie back to the creation account, and the original here would have been reminded of the very first words of Scripture. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so he uses those words, he uses that language, and the original here would have been carried back to the very first words in Scripture. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John says, In the beginning. The next thing he says was the Word. In the beginning, Was the Word. Now, to understand this verse, we need to know what or who is the Word. We need to know what or who John is referring to when he says Word. What is he speaking of? What or who when he says the Word? Now, stay with me. The Greek word is logos. Logos. That is the Greek word when he says, In the beginning was the Word. It was a common word in their day. Now, it had a multifaceted meaning. It had a complex meaning depending on who you were talking to. And so it was a common word. It was a word that you would hear, but its meaning was tied to the hearer of the word. To the Greek person, when they heard the word logos, to them it represented the source of existence, the principle of order in the universe, and also the source of wisdom. Now remember, they liked knowledge, they liked that sort of thing. And so when they heard this word logos, they they went in their mind to the idea of the source of existence, the, the principle of order in the universe, and the source of their beloved wisdom. Now, to the Jews, when they heard this word logos, it represented to them from their Old Testament understanding the word of the Lord. It was his divine power, just like his word. It was his divine wisdom, just like his word. And so when a Jewish here heard the word logos, they thought of the power and the wisdom of God tied to the word of God. Well, now John takes that word, this already deep word, this already word that's complex with meaning, and he uses it for a different purpose. Here in the first verse, he uses logos to describe and to name Jesus our Savior. Now, now, be very clear here. In John's account, listen very carefully, let's settle this. The word is Jesus. Jesus is the word. And when it says here, word, logos, we can correctly be sure it is referring to Jesus. And so he takes this complex word, he takes this word that is loaded in meaning, and he says, I'm going to use this word to name and to identify our Savior, Jesus. Now I want to keep on on that. There are several meanings, but the actual Greek word, logos, the actual meaning, listen to this, it translates message. Now, there are several translations. There are several definitions. It translates a message. It also translates line of words. It translates communication. And so, yes, it is literally word. It is the message. It is a stringing together of words. It is a communication. And so Logos, in the original actual Greek translation, is actually the message, That is the most basic and literal translation. Logos is the message, is the word. Now, we're going to keep unpacking that. We're going to do that tomorrow morning. Let me just say this should be crazy to miss tomorrow morning. We're going to keep unpacking that, and it is an awesome understanding. It is a profound understanding. We're going to keep adding to that tomorrow morning. But I, I want to slow down right here and tell you we need to drive down a huge stake right here. All right, we're on the first message of this, of this, this string of 100 messages. We're in the first part of the first verse uh, looking at the good news of Jesus Christ and we need to drive down a stake right here. Remember what John is doing. He is making clear the truth of Jesus. He is making sure And he is making certain the good news of Jesus. He is giving us, here in God's Word, in bedrock, the identity of Jesus. If you want to know who Jesus is, he's going to tell us. If you want to know the truth of the gospel, he's going to help us be certain in that. And so see this. Do not miss this. Especially in our day. Be sure of this. Jesus is the Word. Jesus is is the communication. Jesus is the revelation of God. Listen to this. Jesus is the message. Do you hear that? We need to understand that. We need to be sure of that, especially in the day that we're living in. Jesus is the message. Now, what in the world is happening here? Listen very closely. In the beginning was... The word, he is starting, John is starting the telling of his good news. He is starting, he is just beginning the telling of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And get this, the gospel starts with Jesus because Jesus is the gospel. Wow, did you see that? Jesus is the message, that's what he says, He starts off and he says, Logos, word, Jesus. We start with Jesus because Jesus is the gospel. The good news starts with Jesus because the good news is Jesus. Do you already see that? In the sixth word of this gospel, in the first verse of this account, John has already introduced Jesus to us. He is the Logos. He is the message of God. He is the communication from God. He is the good news. And so, John here, already in the first verse, already in the sixth word, he starts with Jesus. Why does it matter? We're going to learn. Why does it matter? We live in an age, we live in a day of close enough is good enough. You ever notice that? We live in an age where where close enough is good enough. I hear folks say, well, that's close enough, that's good enough. Well, that point of doctrine, it sounds sort of like ours. It's close enough. We don't want to ruffle any feathers. Close enough is good enough. Sadly, that is sometimes the message of the church. Why does it matter? John shows us the gospel starts with Jesus because Jesus is the gospel. He is the message. We need to be very certain. I don't want you to leave this service until you know that. Jesus is the good news. Jesus is the message. Why does it matter? Why does it matter? Friend, there's no good news apart from Jesus. There's no hope outside of Jesus. This world's clamoring for hope. Oh, if we could get enough money together, if we could get the government in shape, if we could get things whipped the way we want them, we'll find hope again. There is no hope outside of Jesus. Listen, there is no future not worth anything outside of Jesus. There is no eternal life outside of Jesus. Outside of Jesus, we are dead in our sins. We are guilty before a holy God. We are damned for all eternity. We are lost outside of Jesus but John tells us already there is good news, there is hope in the person of Jesus. So the gospel starts with Jesus because Jesus is the gospel. He is the message. So the question of the ages is, so who's Jesus? That's the real question of the ages. So who is Jesus? Do you know this is where Satan camps? You want to know what Satan's up to? Sometimes we think, well, he's worried about this, and he's worried about that, and he gave me the flu and all this stuff. Do you want to know where Satan camps? He camps in the distortion of the truth of Jesus. Jesus. He he worries about deviating and changing the truth of Jesus. Do you know that is his plan? Do you know it always has been? That is his ploy. He wants to change the truth of Jesus. Be sure of that. What does Satan do? He wants to change the truth of Jesus. Do you know why? It is because, listen very carefully, if you... Change Jesus. Even a little bit. If you change Jesus, you miss Jesus. And if you miss Jesus, you are lost. You see the connection there? Well, he comes along, and you know what? It's a little bit different version of Jesus. It sounds a lot like our Jesus, but it's got some differences there. Do you understand when you change Jesus, you miss Jesus, and if you've missed Jesus, you miss everything. Jesus is the good news. Do you know, I was looking into this. I ran out of time, but I'll just tell you as best I can tell, almost all cults and false religions, if not, and I'll just say it, if not all cults and false religions are found changing the person of Jesus. Do you know that? At the best I could tell, it looks like all cults, all false religions, they change the truth of Jesus. Look at Islam. Fast growing religion on the earth, false religion. For those followers of Islam, Jesus is a great, honored prophet. They'll honor him, they'll give him honor. They'll say he's a prophet of God, but he's not the Son of God, he's not the Messiah, he for sure is not our Savior, and it is a lie that they teach. Hinduism, Jesus is a God, they'll give you that. He's a God but he's just one of many gods. He's not the hope of men. It is a lie that they teach. Mormonism. They teach he is a man who worked and became a God. For sure they would never teach it. he is God who humbled himself and became a man to save sinners. It is a lie that they teach. Jehovah's Witnesses, he's not God. He's not the creator God. Rather, he is created by God of some twisted, perverted lie that they tell. It's not true. It is a lie. And I could go on and on, I could keep adding to that list, but friend, I want you to be sure today, the starting place is Jesus. This is where we start, it is all about Jesus. It all hinges on Jesus. If we're ever gonna be forgiven of our sins, it'll be in Jesus. If we're ever gonna find peace, any at all, it'll be in Jesus. If we're ever gonna live and find life, life eternal, it only happens in Jesus. The good news starts with Jesus, Because Jesus is the good news. So here it is tonight, very simple. There is good news. There is good news. Pick your head up, there's good news. As tough as it is, there is good news. That's the message tonight. It's not very hard. There is good news. Do you know him? You see, he was promised in the garden. Do you know him? He was foretold of by the prophets. They told of him. Do you know him? He was born God in flesh. He humbled himself and took on flesh that he might save men. Do you know him? He lived a life where he never sinned. Not once did he sin that he might offer himself for your sin and for mine. Do you know him? He went to the cross of Calvary as the Lamb of God and he took my sin and my shame and he took your sin and your shame and he bore it there. He paid for it there in his own blood. The Lamb of the cross, do you know him? He was placed in a grave. John's dear friend, our lamb, he's dead. He's placed in the grave. Do you know him? three days later, the power of God, he walks out of that grave and he is alive and he stands as the risen lamb, the savior for all sinners. Do you know him? See, the Bible says, if you'll call upon the name of the Lord, anybody who will call upon the name of the Lord, if you'll trust in him, You will be saved. Listen, there's good news tonight. God has never, not once, rejected a repentant sinner that trusted in him. So the question is this do you know him? Here's the thing tonight you can. Do you know his grace is offered to us, to you tonight? Tonight you can. We have a Savior tonight. We have good news tonight. You can know him tonight if you'll turn to him and trust him. If you call upon him for your salvation, Bible says you will be saved. Here it is, folks. We have good news. His name is Jesus. Let's pray. During Father, we come tonight and I'm thankful. I'm thankful that we have good news and it didn't depend upon me. Thankful it wasn't based upon my work or my effort. I fail. I fall short. I have no hope. But I'm thankful that we have good news tonight in the person of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm thankful that you came and you humbled yourself. You went to the cross. You took my sin. You took God's. Righteous anger poured out upon it. You settled it. You remedied it. You were put in a grave with the price paid. As you came out of that grave victorious, alive. The Savior for sinners, the Risen King, the Risen Lamb. Lord, I'm thankful for good news. I pray for those tonight that need good news. I pray that in the preaching of the gospel, that they would turn to you, that they would find you, that they would they would claim you. They would receive your grace and your kindness in the person of Jesus. Lord, I pray if there's one that's listening, one that's here in person, one that's somewhere else and and they're sitting there and they're mulling this over and they're considering, I pray that today, tonight, this very hour be the hour of their salvation. Lord, I pray for those of us here that are saved. I pray as we begin this effort that we would understand there's a world that's hurting, that's lost, and that we hold the good news. Help us to not be silent. Lord, we give you this hour. We give you this effort. We ask that you take it. You multiply it. You magnify it. That you be known through it. We love you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close our service now with a time of response, a time of invitation. And I want to tell you, it truly is the most important time of our time together tonight. We've had a good time. We've heard the word of God. This is the most important part of our service tonight. You see, we preach for a response. We hold up to the, the gospel of Christ that you might turn to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. If you're listening tonight, if you're here, if you're listening by some other means and you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to tell you tonight, He is your hope alone. In Him you'll find peace, the forgiveness of your sin. Bible says in Christ we're new creations. In Jesus we have eternal life. If you've never trusted him tonight, as you hear this message, turn to Jesus. Bible says we repent of our sin, we turn away from it, but we also turn to Jesus and we claim him, we trust him. The Bible says if we'll profess with our mouth what has just happened, what we believe in our heart, we shall be, will be saved. It will be settled. Now if you've never trusted Christ, do it tonight, do it tonight. If you're hearing this tonight and you've trusted Christ, but you've never fallen in believers' baptism, I want to give you an opportunity to say you know what in obedience to Christ, I want to testify to the truth of Jesus Christ. You come, and you know what we'll set a date and it'll be a great day of testimony of celebration. This is what we believe of Jesus Christ. This is who I am in and through Jesus Christ. You come, it'll be a great day of celebration. If you're here and you're looking for a church home tonight on a Saturday night, if you've prayed about it and you believe God has led you here, you come as well. Together we'll uphold his word. We'll preach his gospel. We'll uphold his name for his glory until he comes again. Maybe you're here tonight and you want to come pray at an altar. Maybe you're here and you want to come pray with me here at the front. I'll be here at the front. The Bible says nothing's too big, nothing's too small. And so we come not in, not in timidity, but we come in boldness. Maybe you want to come pray at an altar here tonight. Maybe you want to lift up this effort tonight here in humility at this altar. I'm going to ask as we stand to sing, no one would stir about, no one would head for the exit. We'll be done in just a moment. Pray for those who are making decisions. As we stand to sing, if God has spoken to you, if you have a decision to make, you step out. You come on, I'll meet you here.